Welcome back into Mining Stock Daily. This is Trevor Hall. We are introducing a new company to the show. Well, I guess it's partial introduction. We have had this individual on the show once before and talked briefly about his company, but uh, the topic of conversation is really uh, something else. And I'm happy to welcome back Mr. Rob McLeod, who is the CEO of Heatherdale Resources. Uh, Rob is based, uh, well, born in Stewart. I think you're based in North Van. Or you, do you live in Stewart now? Uh, no, I am, uh, I'm housebound here in North Vancouver, but, uh, my heart will always be in the mining town of Stewart, BC. Oh, good well, to chat. Nice. That's nice. Yeah. All right. That's it. That's today's show. Uh, <laughs> hey Rob, uh, we, we have, uh, quite a bit to, uh, talk about in a short period of time. Uh, I, we got to give everybody an introduction to Heatherdale and, uh, the project you have in Alaska, but, Got to ask you about the tremendous move in the company's share price today. At one point, uh, the TSX venture listed ticker was up 40%. It has recently come down from those highs. Uh, that was after it was it, it, the latest news is that drilling has been completed. You were awaiting assays, uh, but there are some historical drilling that has been done uh, that of pretty big significance for you in the development of this company. So with that said, just let, you know, what, what do you have here? Uh, what is the project and what are you going after? Yeah, sure. Thank, thanks, Trevor. And uh, if, uh, if I have an inbound call here from IROC and have to drop off, you'll, uh, you'll know why, but um, <laughs> it, it, you know, Hey, I've, I've had my eye on this, uh, this project for basically my whole career. Um, it's a uh, uh, copper rich, volcanogenic massive sulfide deposit located on tidewater in uh, in southeast Alaska. There's a lot of gold, zinc, and, and silver in it. Uh, it. It's a historic producer. They uh, uh, produced over four or five years of direct shipping copper ore at the turn of the last century, but it was really only in I guess in the in the early 90s, which really kind of transformed the, the whole nature of the project with the discovery of the lookout zone uh, by um, uh, a series of operators, but significantly lack minerals, which I used to work for, uh, uh, also a predecessor project um, to my last company, IBM Mining. But uh, through um, a series of different operators in the 90s and 2000s, uh, a significant uh, resource base was built up here and hundreds of drill holes, uh, production size underground workings, and lots of engineering and metallurgy and a mandate to develop the project. And then uh, when the, the cycle turned in the, uh, about seven or eight years ago, um, the, the, the company was previously managed out of the Hunter Dickinson group. And you know, they had some bigger fish to fry, I guess, and, and the company kind of got backburnered a bit. Uh, so when myself and a lot of my colleagues were looking at what we could do next and uh, what sort of vision uh, for uh, for having a real winter company, taking everything we've learned from previous uh, previous deals, uh, we know we really wanted to focus on on Niblack. So, so you know, with uh, uh, copper moving, gold moving, uh, an appetite for advanced stage projects and well-structured companies, uh, we're we're really excited with what. Uh, 
what Heather Dale is going to deliver to our shareholders coming up. Uh, it's classified as a copper, gold, silver, zinc project. Uh, all four of those are in upward momentum right now. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it, it's a good thing to have all those in your coffers, Rob. Oh, oh totally. Yeah. When, when copper is moving, we emphasize that part. And when, when gold's going up or, or, or even a bit of silver. And you know what? It's, hey, these, these poly, but particularly on the copper side and, you know, hey, kind of one of the, the big uh, elephants in the room that comes to this project and working in the state of Alaska is uh, um, uh, in the last quarter or of last year, uh, Northern Dynasty's Pebble project got its permits denied. And you know what? Um, I think that similar to gold, I think you're going to see a bit of a movement on the base metal side, particularly in copper, towards you know high grade, low footprint, um, underground, low capex, uh, higher margin type uh, operations. So um, mm-hmm. I think with uh, with uh, with Heatherdale, particularly with some some good expansion potential. You can see a, a project that's still in a very pro-mining state, uh, but has uh, probably a much better chance of going ahead both economically and also on the social and, and, and permitting side. Yeah, uh, that's a good it, it's a good point. I don't want to spend a whole lot of time on it, but uh, uh, you may have heard there's a little bit of a change of the guard here in U.S. politics. Yeah, that's coming down the pipeline. And I'm just wondering, you know, you kind of get, uh, you know, worrisome people whenever a Democratic administration comes in that permitting and natural resource development is going to be a lot more difficult than it has been under, say, a Republican administration. Do you share that similar sentiment? <laughs> Absolutely not at all. It's, um, uh, you know, there's, there's good laws that are in place. Uh, Pebble itself was a bit was a political decision. It wasn't based on on uh, overwhelming you know environmental data that's a point that the management of, of northern dynasty is has uh, has uh, has put forward but I always like to use the example of uh, during the Obama administration you know what's his biggest legacy probably energy independence in the United States you know the amount of wells and fracking wells in North Dakota and Oklahoma and all these places that that you know after in the early 2000s with with uh, uh, the spike in oil prices and reliance on on, uh, on foreign countries, the amount of um, energy production just absolutely exploded under under the Democrats. Now, you know there there, there will be um, undoubtedly some some regulations more related towards um, towards uh, uh, greening of the economy and you know climate change and electrification and a movement away from fossil fuels. And, uh, you know, it's something that anybody that's in the copper industry, of course, is, is saying that, hey, copper is an energy metal and it's, uh, it's going to be the key commodity uh, to, uh, uh, for the, uh, the, the transformation of the United States economy away from fossil fuels. So and you need mines for that to happen. And, and Biden has said that he, uh, he supports uh, the mining business. And, and certainly the state and the governor of Alaska um, who, you know, recently reached out saying, hey, what can they do? You know, how can they support? Like if you, you play by the rules, you, you um, engage, consult, um, uh, work with local communities to address their risks, you'll get your, uh, your permits for sure. Um, 
let's let's not spend a whole lot of time talking about politics. It's a little bit overwhelming. <laughs> Right. Yeah, obviously. Uh, I've been closing the social right. media, the chaos. And oh, good over. for you. That's smart. <laughs> That's smart. That's smart. Uh, but I, I do want to go back and talk about Niblack. And uh, obviously, some very significant historical results uh, as far as not only production, but also exploration. And I wanted to ask you to kind of expand on this phrase massive sulfide mineralization. Uh, you know, in the short amount of time in my career that I've been following exploration, I feel like uh, massive sulfide terminology is kind of, you know, thrown out there a little too frequently. Uh, but, you know, how is that pertinent? And I mean, does that really have clout here at the Niblack Project and why? Oh, sure. Well, that's it is the uh, the genetic model of formation of, of, uh, of the mineral deposit. And, you know, as geologists, we technically classify massive sulfide mineralization as being over 70% weight percent uh, uh, massive sulfide in a reasonably long interval. And for this project, yeah, it's it's absolutely spectacular. You know, you got massive chalcopyrite uh, as one of the most dominant uh, metals which hosts the copper, uh, as well as uh, sphalerite, which kind of a, a unique style of sphalerite, uh, which is a zinc mineral that we see here. And the gold and, and uh, silver are, are within accessory minerals around it. But yeah, this formed 550 million years ago on the, the bottom of the, of the ocean, uh, these black smokers and stuff, and, and, uh, and a whole series of them. Typically in these massive sulfide or volcanogenic massive sulfide belts, you get a series of zones within a certain type of host rock at a certain level in geological time. And at Niblack, uh, over, uh, I guess, the past 550 million years since it was formed, uh, the deposit and the host rocks have been through plate tectonics, folded over on themselves a couple of times. And, but it's still, once you get that uh, structural component, which is what we call the folding of the host rocks, uh, once you get that dialed in, um, you can really open up the exploration potential. Like you look at uh, Greens Creek, which is a, a hecla mine located to the north of us. Uh, it's a silver rich mass of sulfide. They started, they went into production uh, in the 90s with about 3 million tons. And ultimately, you know, I think they're probably closing in on 40 million tons worth of resource down, maybe up to 50. And uh, you just got to stay on that right horizon and and keep on drilling, you know, a long strike, down plunge. And, and as part of our most recent drill program, and this was in the, in the press release yesterday, is um, we tested this new geological theory that we had that, you know, the, the, the original structure that previous operators looked at was basically upside down. And it, it was easy to see, you know, this isn't a shot against them. It was, we got some, some uh, or subsequent to the last round of drilling, there's some very important geological information that showed it radiometric age dates. So the historic mine itself, which uh, was thought to be closed off along strike and at depth because it was a, uh, what's called an antiform. So shaped like an upside down U or like a mountain um, is that it had no place to go. So, but the new data showed that actually it was a sin form. So like a U shaped fold. So we're like, okay, let's, this is a good place to start for a couple of holes. And it's also the highest grade area on the property. So we had initial four holes planned and we didn't move the drill away from there. So, you know, we, uh, I, I'm not a big fan of 
releasing intervals and tenor of visible mineralization within drill core. I think that can be misleading to investors. What I can say is that we've shown that the geological model is correct. And uh, we kept drilling and we intend once we get the drills back out there uh, in a month or so, we will definitely be continuing to follow up in this particular area. It's an area that doesn't have any resources. And, uh, hmm. and again, we really, really like the grade. You seen the, you've seen the drill core that you just finished up? Have I? Uh, yeah. Yes, I have. Yeah. Well, I, well I've okay. seen photos of, with COVID. Uh, uh, I, I uh, sure. did not travel to the project this year. Yeah. Uh, sure. Oh, so I just, you know, I, looking to throw a bone out there a little bit. So previous drill intercepts included 4.6 meters, averaging 5.8% copper, 2.3 grams per ton gold, 3.8% zinc, 63.2 grams per ton silver. These are numbers that were shared in your latest press release. Uh, right, yeah. You know, earlier this morning, earlier this morning, you shared photos of core previously drilled from 2009. Mm -hmm. uh, just kind of curious with what you've seen thus far from your recent drilling this winter, are you seeing similarity similarities visually? And I trust that I can ask you this because you are a geologist. Uh, um, and since it's very dangerous to be asking the geologist because you, uh, I can easily get into the minutiae of the different styles of massive sulfide you can get in a VMS system. And actually, yes, I, I have seen it's a bit different than, say, that Twitter post uh, that I put out this morning. Uh, it has uh, this most massive sulfide deposits go uh, actually erupt on the ocean floor if you look around the world. Uh, they form as sort of replacement bodies close to the bottom of the ocean, uh, but some do. In this particular area, um, it did uh, erupt on the uh, on the bottom of the ocean, and uh, there's a lot of um, iron oxides that are associated with it and silica. So it's a little bit different, but certainly the tenor of the sulfide minerals that we've seen are 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 excellent. And the other you know great parts of the, the drilling program is is we've uh, we scissored uh, drilled it, which is what we call when we drill from both directions to get the best possible possible geometry. We target both limbs, both the east and the west limb. And also, you know, what's really common in these type of systems when you have folding is you can get structural thickening of mineralization within the hinges of the folds. Uh, and gold deposits are the same, like a lot of great bare gold resources or results recently been in a hinge. so. Us geologists like to drill hinges, so uh, yeah, we've uh, we've we think we've got this area certainly dialed in, and with another round of drilling, we're confident that we'll be on our way to uh, our initial resource here. And that said, you know, there's like five million tons of indicated, and uh, uh, almost four million tons of inferred located at the trio and and lookout zones, the major zones on the property. So this would be the third resource area. Um, Rob, let's uh, leave it there. I, you know, it's pretty. It's a great day for Heathersdale. Uh, it'll be a, just a wonderful day. Hopefully, once you get those assay results in and able to share them with the market. But until then, you know what? You know what's the latest word on that time frame to get those assay results? And what would shareholders or people watching this maybe uh, learn from the company between then? 
So um, we uh, uh, we're expecting in uh, may, we're hoping in around the third week of, of February uh, the assay lab ALS, which is the largest in the world uh, and one of the largest facilities, is actually here in Vancouver in North Van, and uh, uh, the samples are there, and that's sort of the date that they're telling us we should be getting the initial results, but. We also have other areas that we will be drilling here shortly. With uh, the, um, there's a full-size production underground ramp that we rehabilitated. And there's two, you know, highly accretive uh, areas that uh, we need to drill test in the coming months to really help set what our programs will be. That could really have a major impact in terms of the size of this deposit. So we will be back out drilling there in, in February. We're also working on, you know, some other corporate uh, development and, and some uh, uh, ESG um, social license initiatives as well too. So there will be a lot of news coming out from the company uh, over, over the coming months. All right, Rob, good to chat with you once again. Thanks for coming on and uh, look forward to our next conversation, uh, you know, maybe here in the next couple of weeks. All right, sounds good Trevor. Thank you very much. It's Rob McLeod. He's the CEO of Heatherdale Resources. They trade on the TSX Venture with the symbol HTR. The information presented should not be considered investment advice. Mining Stock Daily and its affiliates are not responsible for any loss arising from any investment decision in connection with the material presented herein. Please do your own research or speak with a licensed financial representative before making any investment decision.